Good morning, people of God. This is Apostle Shirley Evans. Another day with Jesus. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Every day with Jesus, I love him more and more. Jesus saves and keeps us, and he's the one I'm waiting for. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Well, today is November the 11th. November the 11th, the time goes by very, very quickly. Today is Wednesday, November the 11th, 2020. And the time is 10.37 a.m. So people of God, here we are another day. We thank God for the Holy Spirit that is teaching us. We thank God for the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Oh, we bless the Lord today. The psalmist say, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. I pray that this day that you're safe, you're well, you're in your sound mind, the love of God is in you. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And the peace of God that passes all understanding is guarding your heart and mind today. Thank God for his grace and his mercy. And Holy Spirit, I'm your vessel that you've brought to speak in this season to your people. God, you just love us that much. Thank you, Father God, that the work that you've done in me that I've answered the call. And I said yes to the call. I pray that the people that are going to receive these words also will bring them closer to the Lord Jesus. And they would answer whatever call you've given them, whatever word you've given them, whatever message you've given them to carry, whatever you've told them to do. I pray that they would heed to what you told them and they would walk in your will. And they would say, not my will. Nevertheless, but your will be done. So, you know, we always start off in our worship. And it's very strange. Yesterday, I looked back and I realized that on, in 2017, I was talking to God one morning. And I was asking him, Father, what is your will for me? I want to be in your will. What is your will for me to do? And um, suddenly, he answered me. He answered me right away. And um, I will tell you what he said to me. I will tell you right now what he said to me. Blessed Jesus. He answered me, I will bring it to you right now. He answered me and he said, you have this gospel to proclaim. And immediately I heard the Holy Spirit singing, we have this gospel, we have a gospel to proclaim because see, 
there are different gospels out there. <laughs> there are gospels of lie. There's gospel of the evil one. You've got to try the spirit and see what they're speaking. But he began to sing in me to let me know really what his will is for me. We have a gospel to proclaim, good news for men in all the earth, the gospel of a Savior's name. We sing his glory, tell his worth, tell of his birth, at Bethlehem, not in a royal house or hall, but in a stable dark and dim the word made flesh a light for all. Tell of his death at Calvary, hated by those he came to save, in lonely suffering on the cross fall. He loved his life he gave. Tell of that glorious Easter morn, empty the tomb, for he was free. He broke the power of death and hell that we might share his victory. Tell of his reign at God's right hand, by all creation glorified, he sends his spirit on his church to live for him, the Lamb who died. Now we rejoice to name him king. Jesus is Lord of all the earth. This gospel message we proclaim, we sing his glory, tell his worth. And he said to me, you are going to be like John the Baptist, a voice crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. So John was that voice. He never stopped speaking until his mission was finished. And his mission was finished when his head was cut off. And I often ask, where was John had buried? Where was he buried? I was like, why did his, why did God allow his head to be cut off? Well, there had to be another one that come. 
John was the voice speaking in the wilderness, preparing preparation for revelation of Jesus who now comes on the scene. And John was the one who spoke into Jesus's life at his baptism. So his, his time had finished and that mission had been accomplished. And now the word had arrived, Jesus, the living word. So, so I know what my assignment is. And because I know and I've answered the call, there's a joy in me, there's a peace in me, there's a, there's a, you must do in me. And there's a, a peace that passes all understanding when I do it. And so because I answered the call, what is the word that God has given to you that you have not answered? Because you have to answer it. You should answer it. You ought to answer it. Like I'm going to tell you about someone who answered it. Many people had answered it. But I know my call is I've got this gospel to proclaim. And I remember one time I was in the mall and, and I was just worshiping and I was worshiping and um, Andy, who who owned the bookstore at that time, says, Sister Shirley, every time I see you, you just like John the Baptist. You just, the one way you never turn, another way you just still proclaiming the word of God. Yeah, because it's like fire shut up in my bones. I got to let it out. Oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. And so we 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 have this, I, I have this gospel. We have this gospel to proclaim. My faith has found a resting place, not in a man-made creed. I trust the ever-living one that he for me will plead. I need no other evidence I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and rose again for me. Enough for me that Jesus saves. This ends my fear and doubt. A sinful soul, I come to him. He will not cast me out. I need no other evidence. I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and rose again for me. My soul is resting on the word, the living word of God. A sinful soul, I come to him. He will not cast away. I need no other evidence. 
I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and rose again for me. My soul is resting on the word, the living word of God. Salvation in my Savior's name, salvation through his blood. I need no other evidence, I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and rose again for me. The great physician heals the sick, the lost he came to save. For me his precious blood he shed, for me his life he gave. I need no other evidence I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and rose again for me. And Andy Longley, I thank you because one day I was sent by the Holy Spirit to go in the mall to buy some Bibles, but the Holy Spirit said, and take the suitcase. You know, the suitcase that carry on, that you carry on in the plane? Not the little one, the biggest, the biggest one that you could carry on in the plane. And I walked through that mall, dragging that carry-on, everybody looking at me is wondering, what is this going on with this woman today? And I ended up to Andy's store, and I said, Andy, I need to have a suitcase full of Bibles. I need to take it to the island to the people. And thank you, Andy Longley, because you were able to let me have those at a discounted price for the people of God. We need the word of God in us. But my faith has found a resting place, not, not in a man-made creed. I trust the ever-living one that he for me will plead. And that's where our faith should be. Jehovah is your name. Jehovah is your name. Mighty warrior, great in battle. Jehovah is your name, Jehovah is your name, Jehovah is your name, mighty warrior, great in battle, Jehovah is your name. Lord Jehovah, 
God Almighty, Lord Jehovah, everlasting King, we praise your name. We praise your name, Lord Jehovah, we praise you. God Jehovah, Lord Almighty, Lord Jehovah, everlasting King, we praise your name. We praise your name, Lord Jehovah, we praise you, God Jehovah, Lord Almighty, God Jehovah, everlasting King, we praise your name, we praise your name. Lord Jehovah, we praise you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He is such an awesome God. Well, during the night in my sleep, I hear God call me. Call me, sometimes he called me as one of the prophets. One night I was asleep and I heard him, he said, Isaiah. Isaiah. And the third time I heard Isaiah, I said, yes, Lord, I knew the voice of God. And then he gave me a message from Isaiah. He said, I call you like I call Isaiah. And here comes last night. One time he I heard him. He said, Jeremiah, Jeremiah. And I answered, he said, I call you like I call Jeremiah. Last night in my sleep, I heard him, he said, Amos, Amos. I said, yes, Lord, I knew he was calling me and he had something to say to me. Well, Amos was a prophet, but Amos say he was no prophet, okay? He was no prophet. He was a herdsman. And God saw fit to call him. So I realized that God has taken me, is taking me. You ever see a fork in the road? I saw it last night, a fork in the road. You come to that crossroad and you come to that. You, there's, a, there's a shifting, there's a shifting, there's another way, there's another work. Okay? And, and so, and so, that's not the message this morning, but the Holy Spirit gave it to me to say now, um, the work of a prophet. It says in Amos chapter 3, it said, Hear this word that the Lord had spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Will a lion roar in the forest when he has no prey? Will a young lion cry out of his den if he have taken nothing? Can a bird fall in a snare upon the earth where no gin is for him? Shall one take up a snare from the earth and have taken nothing at all? Shall a trumpet be blown in the city and the people not be afraid? Well, he's blowing the trumpet. He's been blowing the trumpet every day. Shall there be evil in a city and the Lord has not done it? 
Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he will reveal it his secret unto his servants the prophets. The lion hath roared, who will not hear? The Lord hath spoken, who can but prophesy? I was talking the other day about you can't have people along with you in prayer and you don't agree. You must agree in prayer. And so even when when God has given us, many of us, he has told us what he has called us to do. We think we heard, we knew we heard, but did we answer? Were we afraid to answer? Was the task too big? And good, if the task is too big, that means God is in it. He can handle it if it is him who gave you the task. And so the word this morning that God has given give, given us, uh, the Holy Spirit, is he says, as I was walking through the house, um, I said, Holy Spirit, what is the word for your people tomorrow? What is the word for us? And he, he, he quickly said to me, be it unto, be it unto me according to your word. And that's the message this morning. Be it unto me according to your word. As I said, what is the word that God has spoken to you? Did you answer and say, be it unto me according to your word? Do you recall what that word is? If you don't, go before him and ask him, what has he called you to do? But before you go before him, make sure your, your spirit is settled. Because sometimes we have so much in our mind, we are going to hear what the flesh will answer us and not what the Spirit of God will answer us. So go before him and just stay before him in quietness and reverence and maybe sing a song or praise her and just be quiet before him. Well, Luke chapter 1 verse 38, but I'm going to read from Luke chapter 1 verse 26 to 38. And I'm going to tell you someone who answered and said, be it unto me according to your word. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38. The angel appears to Mary. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. 
Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this thing, how shall this be, saying, I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And, behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. The angel had given her the word and the angel left. But Mary received the word because she said, Be it unto me according to thy word. You see, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Absolutely. Nothing is too difficult for you. Nothing is impossible with God. Jehovah is your name. Jehovah is your name. Mighty warrior, great in battle, Jehovah is your name. Mighty warrior, great in battle, Jehovah is your name. I'm going to tell you something. I've had an encounter with the angel Gabriel. I've never seen someone so tall in my life and big. And when I had an encounter with that angel, he gave me a whole message. Yes, we do have encounters. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. And so verse 26, Gabriel appeared not only to Zachariah and to Mary, but also to the prophet Daniel more than 500 years ago. Each time Gabriel appeared, he brought important messages from God. In Daniel chapter 8, verse 15, Daniel 8, What I said is nothing new under the sun. Daniel chapter 8. Daniel 8 was 15 to 17. It says, While I, Daniel, was watching the vision and trying to understand it, there before me stood one who looked like a man. And I heard a man's voice from the UI calling, Gabriel. <laughs> See, the word is Gabriel right there. Daniel said, and I heard a man's voice from the UI calling, Gabriel, 
tell this man the meaning of the vision. And he came near the place where I was standing. I was terrified and fell prostrate. Son of man, he said to me, understand that the vision concerns the time of the end. So yes, other people haven't, haven't had an encounter with that angel. Each time Gabriel appeared, he brought important messages from God. Nazareth, Joseph's and Mary's hometown, was a long way from Jerusalem, the center of Jewish life and worship. It was located on a major trade route. Nazareth was frequently visited by Gentile merchants and Roman soldiers. It was known for its independent and aloof attitude. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but grew up in Nazareth. Nevertheless, the people of Nazareth would reject him as the Messiah. Do you know some years ago, the Holy Spirit sent me to the U.S. Virgin Islands. And in that place, there is a place called Nazareth. And when I went on the little bus, and the place was called Nazareth, I was like, Father, in the name of Jesus, am I walking this walk? <laughs> I'm telling you, the road was ruggedy, ruggy, ruggy. But there, the name of the place was Nazareth. Nevertheless, the people of Nazareth would reject him as the Messiah. Mary was young. She was poor. She wasn't rich. And of course, she was a female. All characteristics that, to the people of her day, would make her seem unusable by God for any major task. What about us, the people of our day? You could be young, you could be poor, you could be female or male, but female more so that the people would say, oh, God can't use you because some people believe that God could only use the man, but not the woman. But God speaks to man. He speaks to both. He chooses whomever he wants to choose, whichever vessel makes themselves available. Who would say, be it unto me, God, according to your word. So God chose Mary for one of the most important acts of obedience he has ever demanded of anyone. God chose Mary for one of the most important acts of obedience he has ever demanded of anyone. You may feel that your ability, your experience, or your education makes you an unlikely candidate for God's service. Don't limit God's choices. He can use you if you trust him. The word is trust. He can use you if you trust him. God's favor does not automatically bring instant success or fame. His blessing on Mary, the honor of being the mother of the Messiah, would lead to much pain, much, much pain. Her peers would ridicule her her fiancé would come close to leaving her. Her son would be rejected and murdered. 
but through her son would come the world's only hope. And this is why Mary has been praised by countless generations as a young girl who found favor with God. Her submission was part of God's plan to bring about our salvation. If sorrow weighs you down and dims your hope, think of Mary and wait patiently for God to finish working out his plan. Jesus, a Greek form of the Hebrew name Joshua, was a common name meaning the Lord saves. Just as Joshua had led Israel into the promised land, so Jesus would lead his people into eternal life. The symbolism of his name was not lost on the people of his day who took names seriously and saw them as a source of power. In Jesus' name, people were healed in his name. Demons were banished and sins were forgiven in his name. Verse 32, centuries earlier, God had promised David that David's kingdom would last forever. This promise was fulfilled in the coming of Jesus a direct descendant of David, whose reign will continue throughout eternity. Verse 34, verse 34, it says, How will this be, she said, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. The birth of Jesus is a virgin. The birth of Jesus to the virgin is a miracle that many people find hard to believe. Well, you will continue to find it hard to believe until you get in, in that place in God, then you'll say, oh, yes, I believe. These three facts can aid our faith. Luke was a medical doctor and he knew perfectly well how babies are made. It would have been just as hard for him to believe in a virgin birth as it is for us, and yet he reports it as fact. Luke was a painstaking researcher who based his gospel on eyewitness accounts. Tradition holds that he talked with Mary about the events he recorded in the first two chapters. This is Mary's story, not a fictional invention, it's not a fictional invention. So Christians and Jews who worship God as the creator of the universe should believe that God has a power to create a child in a virgin's womb. Jesus was born without the sin that entered the world through Adam. He was born holy just as Adam was created sinless, in contrast to Adam, who disobeyed God. Jesus obeyed God and was thus able to face sin's consequences in our place and make us acceptable to God. In Romans chapter 5, verse 14 to 19, 
Romans 5. Thank you, Jesus. Romans 5, 14 to 19 uh, says, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, man, one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift for the judgment was for by one to condemnation. But the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. We love you, Jesus. There is none like, like you. So I just read to you from Romans. Let me go back where I was now. Let me go back. I read from Romans. Thank you, Jesus. Let me find where I stopped. Thank you, Lord. Romans chapter four, chapter five, I just read to you. Verse 38 says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered, may it be to me according as you have said. In other words, be it unto me according to your word. A young unmarried girl who became pregnant risked disaster. Unless the father of the child agreed to marry her, she would probably remain unmarried for life. If her own father rejected her, she could be forced into begging or prostitution in order to earn a living. And Mary, with her story about being made pregnant by the Holy Spirit, risked being considered crazy as well. Still, Mary said, despite the possible risk, may it be to me as you have said, be it unto me according to your word. When Mary said that, she didn't know about the tremendous opportunity she would have. She only knew that God was asking her to serve him. And she willingly obeyed. Don't wait to see the bottom time. Don't wait to see the bottom line before offering your life to God. Don't wait to see what the end is going to be before offering your life to God. Offer yourself willingly even when the outcome seems disastrous. Verse 38 again, God's announcement of a child to be born 
was met with various responses throughout scripture. Remember Sarah, Abraham's wife? She laughed at the message. Remember Zechariah? Zechariah doubted. By contrast, Mary submitted. She believed the angel's words and agreed to bear the child, even under humanly impossible circumstances. God is able to do the impossible. God is able to do just what he said he will do. He's going to come true because he is able. He's the enabler. Our response to his demands should not be laughter or doubt, but willing acceptance. There were many doubters in the Bible. Abraham, he doubted for a moment. When God told him he would be a father in old age, that's Genesis 17, 17, he was doubting. The Sarah, when she heard she would be a mother in old age, in Genesis 18, 12, she doubted. There's Moses. When God told him to return to Egypt to lead the people, that's in Genesis, in Exodus 3, verse 10 to 15, he doubted. The Israelites, whenever they faced difficulties in the desert, they doubted. That's in Exodus 16, 1 to 3. Remember Gideon? When Gideon was when 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 told he would be a judge and leader in Judges chapter 6 was 14 to 23 he doubted Zechariah when he was told he would be a father in old age Luke chapter 1 was 18 he doubted remember Thomas when told Jesus had risen from the dead in John 20 was 24 25 he doubted and there are still doubters in the world today because some things God says that's, that's, doesn't make sense to our, our human natural flesh mind. So many of the people God used to accomplish great things started out as real doubters. With all of them, with all of them, including myself, God showed great patience. Honest doubt was not a bad starting point as long as they didn't stay here. See, you could doubt, but don't stay there doubting. Pick yourself up and say, Lord, I can't understand it, but I believe. So when he called me off my job, going full-time ministry, I didn't understand it, but finally my spirit settled and I believe and I left. So, yeah, honest doubt was not a bad starting point as long as they didn't stay there. How great a part does doubt have in your willingness to trust God? Think about it. Consider what I've just said. Apparently, the Holy Spirit told, spoke that um, some stuff to Elizabeth also. You see, when Mary answered and she she didn't, it, it, it that that was strange because Mary was a young young person. 
When Mary said that she didn't know about the tremendous opportunity she would have, she only knew that God was asking her to serve him and she willingly obeyed God. Don't wait to see the bottom line before offering your life to God. Offer yourself willingly, even when the outcome seemed disastrous. God's announcement of a child to be born was met, as I said, with various responses. But see, the other people I told you about was 41 to 43. Apparently, the Holy Spirit told Elizabeth that Mary's child was the Messiah because Elizabeth called her young relative the mother of my Lord. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on that. I didn't read to you verse 41, but Mary went and visited Elizabeth, verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town after the angel had left her. She needed someone to talk to. At that time, and not anybody, she just felt that she could confide in her cousin. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. The baby was hearing. The baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored? that the mother of my Lord should come to me. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. She was filled with the Holy Ghost. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Verse 43, apparently the Holy Spirit told Elizabeth that Mary's child was the Messiah because Elizabeth called her young relative, the mother of my Lord, as she greeted her. As Mary rushed off to visit her relative, she must have been wondering of the events of the last few days were real. She was wondering whether what the encounter with the angel was real. Elizabeth's greeting must have strengthened her faith. Mary's pregnancy may have seemed impossible but a wise relative believed in the Lord's faithfulness and rejoiced in Mary's blessed condition. Even though she herself was pregnant, Elizabeth was also pregnant. Even though she herself was pregnant with a long awaited son, Elizabeth could have envied Mary, but she didn't, whose son would be even greater than her own. She could have been envious, she could have been jealousy, and it's still in the world. But no. Elizabeth could have envied Mary, but she didn't. Because Mary's son would be even greater than the son that Elizabeth was carrying. Instead, she was filled with joy that the mother of her Lord would visit her. Have you ever envied people whom God has apparently singled out for special blessing? Please help us not to do that. 
a cure for jealousy is to rejoice with those people. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Realizing that God uses his people in ways best suited to his purpose. Verse 48, verse 40, verse 43 says, But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. I'm going to read it from another version. Mary said this. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. Mary then answered and said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he had regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He had showed strength with his arm. He had scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He had put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He had filled the hungry with good things and the rich he had sent empty away. He had helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own home. So, so here it is. As I said, Elizabeth was not jealous. She's not envious. There is too much envy and jealousy in the body of Christ. And that's why you can never go forward in what God has called you to do. Because you are too busy trying to do someone else and being jealous. The Bible says jealousy is as cruel as a grave. The Bible says that I didn't say that. The Bible says jealousy is as cruel as grave. And so here it is. Even though she herself was pregnant with a long-awaited son, Elizabeth could have envied Mary, whose son would be even greater than her own. Instead, she was filled with joy that the mother of the Lord would visit her. Have you ever envied people whom God has apparently Single out for special blessing, help us not to. A cure for jealousy is to rejoice with those people, realizing that God uses his people in ways best suited to his purpose. This song, in verse 46 to 55, this song is often called the Magnificat, the first word in the Latin translation of this passage. Mary's song has often been used as a basis for choral music and hymns. Like Hannah, the mother of Samuel, Mary glorified God in song for what he was going to do for the world through her. Notice that in both songs, God is pictured as a champion of the poor, the oppressed and the despised. What an awesome God. What has God told you? 
to do that you have not answered be it unto me according to your word when mary said from now on all generations will call me blessed was she being proud no she was recognizing and accepting the gift of god that god had given her if mary had denied her incredible position she would have been throwing god's blessing back at him pride is refusing to accept god's gifts or taking credit for what god has done humility is accepting the gifts and using them to praise and serve god don't deny don't belittle don't ignore your gifts thank god for them and use them to his glory was 54 and 55 god kept his promise to abraham to be merciful to god's people forever so i read to you up to um mary's mary's um humble song i call it verse 56 verse 50 55 god kept his promise to abraham to be merciful to god's people forever christ's birth fulfilled the promise and mary understood this she was not surprised when a special son eventually announced announced that he was the messiah she wasn't surprised she had known jesus's mission from before his birth because she was told some of god's promises to israel are found in second samuel chapter 22 verse 50 and 51 verse 58 because travel was not easy long visits were customary mary must have been mary must have been a great help to elizabeth who was experienced experiencing the discomforts of a first pregnancy in her old age could you imagine that in her old age she was experiencing discomforts as well as mary because mary was never pregnant before i put it to you what has god spoken to you that He's told you, this is what I called you to do, that you have not answered yet. I pray that today you'll go before the Lord, spend some time and listen to him. And I pray that your answer will be, Father, be it unto me according to your word. Because I'm sure a lot of you, he's already told you, but fear has taken hold of you like a woman in travail. I pray that today he will give you the grace, he will give you the mercy, and he will give you the peace to answer that word. Be it unto me according to your word, because nothing is impossible with God. If God spoke it to you, now there's a lot of people who are speaking in the people's lives. And the word never came from God. You better go, settle yourself, listen attentively to the voice of God and not to your human voice. Because your human voice could trick you 
and tell you, hey, this is what God called you to do. And you have no anointing for it because God did not call you for that. So I pray that when you do hear the real voice of God telling you what he's called you to do, that you will answer, be it unto me according to your word, as Mary did, as many other people did. Father God, I've given your people your word today. Father God, we just bless you, Holy Spirit, for the teacher. Father God, I ask you to open up our eyes and our ears to hear you, our spiritual ears to discern, to hear you speaking. And may we say, be it unto you, be it unto me, according to your word. Because he speaks to us more than once, more than twice. And he can speak to you and say, this is what I want you to do in this season. But season comes and change and okay, and there's a crossroad. And then all of a sudden he said, okay, and now this is what I want you to do. So you have to be keen to listening to him. And don't let us be like Moses who didn't get into the promised land because the people with their confusion caused them not to hear and miss it. Don't let us miss it, Father. And so, Father, may your grace and your mercy and your love and your peace be with your people, be with me today. Keep us safe, Father, in the name of Jesus. I love you, people of God. God bless you. Have a blessed day. And don't forget, when you hear the word that he's called you to do, may you answer him, be it unto me according to your word. I love you. God bless you.